I would like to start off with just saying, you know, Pastor losing his voice and everything. And Pastor, we're all praying. We're almost all praying that you get back to 100. Courtney had told me that she was good when you were. So I, but most everybody else, right? I got you, don't worry. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you what, she's hot. If I, if I start to use this a lot, it's not because I'm emotional. It's because I'm big boned and I sweat a lot. So I just want to let you all know. But so I want to start off with just a, just a quick baseline. I want to start off with a, a, a level set. Okay. Now, <clears throat> I, this is, this is me. I need a reminder every now and then of a certain fact that I'm not, I'm, I'm not alone in needing that reminder because there was a guy by the name of Timothy, who needed a reminder too. Can you please go to uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, please? So Paul, he was writing a lot of stuff. He wrote a letter to Timothy, and I think he wrote it to Timothy and me. Because, 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 <laughs> there we go. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All scripture. From page one to the last page. Timothy needed that reminder and so did I because sometimes I might come to the conclusion that I don't always read it with that understanding that that is actually... God's word to man. So I like that reminder, right? Can you please go to the next one? 17, please. Okay. <laughs> so that a servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now understand that the word gives us everything we need so that we can be equipped so that whenever you start to run into something, something gets off the rails, relationship off the rails, job goes off the rails, finances go off the rails, health goes off the rails. I don't care which thing goes off the rails. In the Word is everything that we need. Okay, it's, it's especially like in today's, I'm going to say like in society today or in the world today, sometimes things get plucked individually to prove a point. But maybe not plucked with all the surrounding. And, and we need to understand that the word is not just a collection of stories. It's a conversation between God Almighty, the one who spoke the universe into existence, and you. Other people's names were mentioned. Other people wrote it, but they were inspired by God. To you. 
Don't ever forget that. But you got to remember it's in the entirety. It's in the entirety. It's a conversation that was written in the past to you today so that you can make it to tomorrow. Right? That, that's, that was my baseline. I just wanted to understand so that as we walk through my other, the other parts of my message, we understand where I was coming from. So, have you ever wondered? I do sometimes. Sometimes. More times sometimes. Why prayers don't get answered? You would think it would be something simple, right? You say, you know, God, I'm praying to you. I'm talking to you. I'm sending up my prayers. And I'm just waiting. And I'm waiting. And I'm waiting. And you're wondering, why doesn't it just a snap of the fingers and, and my situation be rectified? Why is it... You spoke everything into existence. This is so small compared to all of that work that you've done. My situation is very small. But you don't snap your fingers. He does not snap his fingers and answer our prayers. But remember, he gave us his word. And in that word is teaching and rebuking. Because if he just snapped his fingers, what are we being taught? Now, y'all know that neighbor kid that got everything he wanted and nobody liked him because he was a brat? (laughs) Not my children, but the other kids. That's how we would be. I mean, if we just said, God, I need this. And he's like, done. Because I'm your father. I can do it all. There's nothing that I cannot do. But then we'd be a bunch of brats. Just saying, we'd be a bunch of brats. And y'all know that kid. You went to school with that kid. You grew up with that kid. It was a neighbor's kid. That's not what we're looking for, right? So we, don't, we, 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 can't, we can't expect him to do that. He's not going to. Simple. I'm not saying that prayers are never answered with a snap of the fingers. I'm not saying that at all. But I believe that we have a responsibility for the answering of our own prayer. We have that responsibility. We have, a, we, have, we have skin in the game. It's my prayer. How can I sit there and send it up and then just wait? Right. Yeah. Roxanne and I have talked, and, she'll, and I've been telling her sometimes, I'll be like, you know something? I'm a little upset. The National Geographic has not asked me to come be one of their staff photographers. And Roxanne will tell me, well, have you talked to them? And I'm like, well, no, I ain't talked to them. I'm just kind of waiting. You know, I'm just... I got my phone, had the same number for like 20-some years. It's not like I'm not in the book. But she's like, well, you know, if you haven't, if you haven't called them, maybe they don't know they're waiting. It's your wait now. I said, all right. All right, that's a point. And so we, so we have to put in effort. We have to put in some work. Right? And, and, and why do we have to put in work? Because there's faith and then there's trust. Faith is believing in 
the hope of something we don't, we don't see. Right? I have, my faith is in God. But trust is actually built through a relationship. And that relationship is, well, built over time and built over deliverance from situations that you found yourself in. And you know that, hey, the last time I was in a bad way, I got through it. So next time I'm in a bad way, I ain't going to sweat it. And then the best part is, then I can go to you and I can say, oh man, I tell you what, you, I know. For example, in the back there, we were discussing the temperature. Because Mike and I are both big boned. And I said I had to sit in the sun at a little kid's and my grandson's in the year luau. It was so hot, sitting in my lawn chair. Because the sun went around and my shade had disappeared and it was brutal. And Mike says, hey, I don't want to one-up you, but you know, I had to do 300 bales of hay yesterday. So Mike is saying, hey, I've been there. <laughs> I didn't die. I got a nice tan. So you didn't die either. My point is that we both have situations. We all have situations. And the trust that's built based on a relationship with the one that can deliver us from our situations. But know that you're going to be in a situation. So the best way to kind of get through this thing called life is in a relationship with the one who created it. Amen. And we can do that. We have the, the way to that relationship through his son. So even though the world has fallen, even though things are not cool, even though things are bad, we got to understand and never lose faith and trust in the fact that he says, don't worry about it, I've overcome it. I've overcome it, and guess what? I'm going to help you do the same. Now, now let's look at um, an example of being in some dire straits and having to work. Second Kings 4, 1. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, you got a relationship there, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two sons as his slaves. She's got a situation. Husband's dead. She owes a lot of debt. Her only two sons are about to be snatched up as slaves to pay for the debt. Verse 2, please. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Now that right there is a heck of a question. How can I help you? And that's one we'd love to hear. How can I help you? Well, I have a list. But Elisha didn't stop there. Tell me, what do you have in your house? What do you got? What do you have to work with? And what did she say? There's nothing there at all. Except a small jar of olive oil 
Nothing. For all intents and purposes, nothing. Remember, if I had something, I probably wouldn't be losing my two sons to pay a debt. So I have nothing. <clears throat> Elisha says, she cried out to him. And you see how he, hands, he asked her, what can I do for you and what do you have? Notice what he didn't say. Didn't say, okay, let me go talk to your creditor. Didn't say that. He didn't say, hey, I'm going to take up an offering and we'll pay your debt. He didn't say that. He didn't snap his fingers and say, God, pay this woman's debt so that she's not in this situation. He didn't do nothing of that. He said, what do you got to work with? This ain't going to be all on me. You have some skin in the game and you need to be willing to work for the answer of your own prayer. So let me ask you, when we're asked, next time you're praying and you hear God say, how can I help you? Oh, well, and then he says, and what do you got for me to work with? Oh, um, not much. Oh, but you got something. Remember, I don't have, I'm not limited by what you have. I'm limited by the fact that you are offering something. I'm not limited. You got a little jar of olive oil. Do you realize that depending on how we answered, would we be happy with our results? Because I have to think that that woman, when, she, when, when Elijah answered her for a split second, her hopes got high. What can, you know, how can I help you? Hopes are high. Oh, thank you. What do you got? Did you not hear? I have nothing except. I have nothing but this. Minuscule amount, little jar of olive oil. We get asked that. We might be like, well, I need this, and I need that, and I need that, and I need this. And many times our needs are really mostly just wants. I, I want this, I want that, I want that, I want this. I want all of this for your glory. That's not going to get it for you. So then we say, but often, right, in blurting out our answers on what you can do for us, we overlooked that second question. I'm just sorry. We, scratch that, I overlooked the second question. I overlooked what, what do I got? What do I have to offer to my own success? What do I have to offer to my own answer? And the biggest problem is that when we focus only on the first part and we leave out that second part and not understand that we have a piece in that, that we got some skin in the game, that we have to work toward it, <sighs> prayers don't get answered like we want, God doesn't hear me. God doesn't love me, obviously, because he ain't listened to me. Oh, I've done something that even God can't. I've done that. And this proves that God really doesn't want nothing to do with me anymore. And the beautiful part of this horrible, messed up situation is that the enemy is right there in your ear saying, look, you didn't do nothing. You didn't do it. Enemy loves it when you don't hear all the words, when you don't hear all of the God-breathed words. Enemy loves that because then he can go ahead and play with you. Told you God wasn't going to answer that. 
You knew what you did. You know what you did. Remember that time? And you're going to sit over here and ask for that? You don't deserve it. You're right, we don't deserve it. That's why it's called God's grace, not, Amen. not my payment. So the enemy will love, love to grab a hold of that. Love, and it's so easy because we let the enemy do that. We let them grab a hold of our insecurities. We do. The enemy loves them, so we, we, and we, we help him. Because we don't have that trust necessarily or that our faith is there, but it's not that strong. But our trust has never been built because of the, we don't have the relationship, a day-to-day relationship. So it's easier for the enemy to infiltrate, put doubt, make us question, make us lose faith. Never get the trust and flounder. So what do you have to work with? Think about it. Just to yourself. Think about what you had to work with and what you had to offer. If your prayers are being answered by what you have, how good is your answer going to be? And you don't think you have enough or have anything, you ain't looking hard enough. You ain't looking hard enough. Sorry. I don't play instruments. Okay, so you don't play an instrument, but there's a whole lot. You got a mouth, right? You got breath in your lungs. You can talk, you can read, you have intellect. You can try to figure out what are the gifts of the spirit. And you say, you know something, I got this one. Yeah, there you go. So you all have, everybody, every one of us has something. Even if it's just a small jar of olive oil. In and of itself, doesn't have a lot of value. But let's move on. Verse 3, please. Thank you. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't just a few. Now let's think about this for just a second. Woman has nothing but a small jar of olive oil. And Elijah did not tell her, go get all the full jars. He says, no, go get empty ones. Empty jars. But they're empty. There's nothing in them. What is it going to do for me? What am I going to do? Why? That doesn't make sense. It may not make sense. But it's, you asked the question, and that was the answer. So instead of arguing with the answer and trying to say this doesn't make sense, I don't understand, how about you just do it and see what happens? You're already in dire straits. Go around and ask your neighbors because Elijah and the prophets were going through, so there were people around that had heard. So there were people around in the group that she hollered it out. Wasn't like nobody else knew. So everybody heard. And you know there had to be some mumbling. What's he going to do with the empty jars? He didn't ask. Go get some gold. Get some silver. Y'all do is GoFundMe and help her out. They, they didn't say anything. They say nothing. He said, go and get the empty jars that they don't even want anyways. Why? I don't understand. I don't care. Because I'm telling you, those two questions of why and I don't understand will derail 100% of your prayers. 100%. 
and you'll be derailed before you even leave the station. It's, it's, it's because you're questioning. You're questioning. And see, and that's the craziness between faith and trust is that you say, God, I know you're there. That's why I prayed to you. But I don't necessarily trust you for, I trust you for eternity, but I don't necessarily trust you for tomorrow. At least not my job. I got to go to a doctor because I'm sick. So I trust you that if I die from this, I'll go to heaven. But I don't necessarily, I put a lot of trust in my doctor. I put a lot of trust in my employer. I put a lot of trust in my relationships of earthly relationships. So don't, don't, don't worry about the why. Don't worry about the not understanding right now. Just do it. Right? Trust in more than man. We have to stop looking at earthly things and seeing the limited potential and instead look at things from a what can God do with it? What's the heavenly potential? Because we're going to see where one small jar very limited potential is actually going to deliver I don't want to let the cat out the bag. uh, Verse 4 please. This is Elijah continuing. He says, then go inside and shut the door behind you. Behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. Fill them. That don't make no sense. I got a little bottle. Okay. Trust me. Uh, Verse 5, please. She left him and shut the door behind her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. So they had went out, they had collected jars, like Elijah said, didn't make no sense. Then he said, go ahead, set yourselves apart. Set yourself apart from everything else that's going on. You and your sons, shut your door and start filling. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped. Then the oil stopped. That little jar was empty. Was the little jar empty because it didn't have any more jars? Or was the little jar empty because it was the answer that she needed when she needed it, but she had to be the one to collect the jars? Verse 7, please. She went and told the man of God. So she went back to Elisha and she said, excuse me, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Elisha wasn't even there. He didn't go around and petition to have everybody donate a jar. She had to go and do it on her own. Um, what if they would have not collected no jars? What if they would have said, I don't get this? How is this going to help me? 
and, and you half-heartedly go across town and you pick up a couple of jars, right? You cut a few corners. I don't know what you're going to do with this. Don't know how this is going to help. So you don't put in the work. You don't actually put in the effort into what you were told to do. How much deliverance do you think there would have been? Or how large would the blessings have been? If she grabbed 100 jars, she got 100 oil-filled jars. If she grabbed 50 jars, she only got half as much. Do you want 100% of your prayers? Or you want 50%? Or 10%? Or no percent because you walk away and you say, I don't understand. I don't, I don't, this doesn't make sense to me. So I'm not going to do anything and then get mad at God and say, you aren't helping me. And he's like, you ain't never picked up no jars. You ain't never picked up a jar. How am I supposed to go and fill your jars if you ain't even got a jar? I mean, we don't do that though, right? We don't really do that. We don't send up a prayer and then just sit back and wait. We don't let our own misunderstanding or lack of understanding influence how we go or or where we go with our prayer, or where we go with, right? I mean, we don't pray for things, cry out, only to put in the minimum amount of work. We wouldn't do that, because that would be silly. I mean, do we rely on God to do it? Yes. But not while we sit and just wait. Go ahead and read Psalms. You read about David. God himself picked him. He said, this guy's got a heart after me. And David didn't have a peaceful day for a good long time. He was forever running. And forever building up faith and trust in situation after situation after situation that was documented, written down for you and I to show us, yeah, I ain't never had an army trying to kill me and an angry king. David did, and he got through and was made king. There's also something else that I think uh, not only can we, we can lose our faith and we can lose our trust, but there's another risk that we don't want to give up. And that sometimes the answers to our prayers require emptiness. I'll tell you what. You got a lot of pride? You might have to empty that pride because your pride might be based in the fact that you think you are all that and that ain't going to get you out of the situation. So maybe you need to empty out that jar of pride. Maybe. Oh, you got a good ego? You, <laughs> you got a big ego. Yeah, everybody loves you, right? You're, oh, man, I tell you what, he's done a lot. But maybe that ego, since it's based on what you can do, you're leaving out somebody else. So maybe that jar of ego needs to be empty. Vanity? Hmm. Your little vein. 
That might need to be emptied. Remember, God's going to fill your jar. But if you are already so full of yourself, there ain't no room for him. I mean, that's the crazy thing is that there's no room. If your jar is full, there's no room for any more oil. Be satisfied with your small jar because I tell you what, on the grand scheme of things, he's got a lot bigger jar. He's got a lot bigger jar. So we've got to work through our prayers. We, gotta, we, we, all, we have a responsibility to our own prayers, right? Now for my second point. Are y'all good still? I mean, it's warm. But are y'all good? You give me a couple more minutes? This is going to be a happy side. This is going to be a happy thing. Can you please go to uh, Isaiah 43.1, please? Remember, we pray because we're in situations. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you. We now know who's talking. Jacob. Now, he who created you, Jacob. He who formed you, Israel. Are you ready? Do not fear. Those are three very powerful words. Because I tell you what, you wake up in the morning, you should be fearful. You should be fearful. Cautiously fearful. He's saying, do not fear. Why? Because I have redeemed you. And you know what the definition of redeemed is? I'm going to help you. Gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? You were redeemed. Every one of us has been here redeemed. It was a blanket redemption. Only to be received. And then why? Don't freak. Don't be afraid. I've redeemed you already. He wrote this before the event happened. Telling them this is going to happen. You have this to look forward to. You have a surety coming that you don't even understand yet. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. You're mine. I redeemed you. I summoned you by name. Don't be afraid. You're mine. That is a heck of a promise right there going into any prayer. When you want to understand, does he care? Yes, he does. You're mine. That's that's the one who created spoke everything into existence, says, I know your name and you're mine because I redeemed you. I redeemed you through the blood of my son. That's a heck of a promise right there. You don't have to go to it, but Ephesians 1, 7 says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Not because of me, but in spite of me. Not because of us, but in spite of us. Not because you've done something good, but even though you did something not so good. If you don't feel worthy, that's because you're not. That's why it's called God's grace. God's grace. 
And we better be thankful every day for it. Every day. Um, uh, next verse, please, Maria. Oh, jeepers. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Not if you find yourself in some water. Not if you find yourself in a river. Not if you find yourself in a hot situation. But when. When. It's not an if, it's a when. Not a maybe. It's going to happen. And you're going to find yourself in that situation. Oh, man. But don't worry. Don't worry. I will get you through it. I will get you through it, but don't sit on your butt thinking, I'm just going to do all the work because you have to do something too. He's never going to leave or forsake us. He can't. His love is, is so great that it is the, he is the embodiment of love. Is, and there's nothing that you have done that's going to say, I don't, I don't want to help you. So as we, as we go through this month, right, this week, this month, this year, this lifetime, no matter what it brings, no matter how much you find yourself in water, no matter, now if you find yourself in water a lot, you might want to check on why, you, why you're there, but I'm saying you're going to find yourself there that might not be your doing. And you're going to. Things happen. So when you find yourself, no matter what it brings, I'm, I'm, my, my prayer is that we find comfort in his words telling us that I got you. Amen. And that in those times, our trust, because of our relationship growing stronger, our trust grows. And with that trust, that growing trust, is a peace. Amen. It's a peace beyond everything. That whatever the world throws at me, I have a level of peace that was set apart from the beginning. I have a source of peace. That redeemed me. He redeemed me back to himself. All scriptures God breathed. Remember, the answer to our prayers will require our active participation. Don't let inactive participation, though, affect your relationship and, 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 and your faith. Acknowledge it. Say, yes, I need to do something. National Geographic has a called. They don't know me. So we have that relationship because he's not going to let us fall. He's your he is our father. He is your father. 
He doesn't want brats. He doesn't want a brat. Nobody wants a brat for a child. So understand that you've got a responsibility to the conclusion or the successful conclusion of your own prayer. And you're going to need to pray because you're going to find yourself in water, you're going to find yourself in a, ro a roaring river, and you're going to find yourself in the fire. But he says, don't fear, I got you. I will get you through this. That's all I got. I'm out.